Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So, We want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it. And then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, hello, everybody. It's a great day, and I'm grateful for you being with me. You have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it is forced upon you. You can't refuse it. You didn't seek it. You didn't choose it, but it's up to you to use it. You must suffer. If you lose it, give account. If you abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but your eternity is wrapped up in it, and I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to be with you, to be here on this program and to share some ideas, hopefully, that will empower, inspire, uplift, encourage you, and help you to do more, be more, and achieve more. I want to thank you for all that you, each one of you listeners, have done to make this show the number one self-help show in the country now, and I'm grateful for that. And this is my 15th season, and I'm grateful for being able to be on this uh, uh, radio for 15 years doing this. I didn't even know I could do it, but someone encouraged me to let me know that they believed in me. And I always tell you, sometimes you got to go on somebody else's belief in you till yours kicks in. So I'm grateful for my friends, Amira Jones, 
my prayer partner who continued to encourage me that radio had a place in my life and I had a life uh, with radio. So thank you, Zamira. And I want to take a moment also while I'm talking about prayer to thank God, to give God some glory and thank him for life and strength and health. Thank him for letting me have the opportunity to be on the radio to inspire and empower and encourage and uplift people. And I am grateful for every opportunity that I get. So I give God glory. I know everybody doesn't believe like I do, but I want to thank God because it is he who does the work through me. And I am grateful. Well, I also want to thank all of you who have been telling your friends to listen, whether it's on podcast or on the show itself. And I encourage you to please keep doing that. And I thank you for that. Then I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor who has been so, 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 so supportive. Uh, Truest Financial. Thank our financial uh, friend at Truist and the great company. Two great banks came together to create an even greater bank, Truist. They have a shared purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities. With combined resources, collective passion, and continuous pursuit of innovation, Truist is opening a door, uh, a big door to a better financial experience for people all over America to help them achieve more. See what the future of finance is shaping up to be at Truist. Dot com. That's T-R-U-I-S-T.com. Truist Bank member FDIC. And if you did not hear my interview with the CEO of Truist, Kelly S. King, you want to go back to my podcast and listen. It was phenomenal. What a great, incredible man he is. And I'm grateful to be able to call him my friend and a great man of faith and a great man of purpose and intellect and wisdom. Well, my guest today is someone you all know her. You all know this lady because she is one of the preeminent financial experts in America. And she is the syndicated columnist at the Washington Post. Her award-winning column is called The Color of Money. It appears in newspapers all across America. She's a frequent contributor to NPR, CNN, uh, Newsday, the, the uh, NBC Today show, the morning show on uh, CBS. She also had her own show at one time uh, for, for a while on uh, TV One, but she has got even bigger things she's doing now. And the Washington Post gave her the Eugene Meyer Award, the highest journalistic award, the Society for Advancement Business Editing and Writing awarded her the Distinguished Achievement Award. And the Washington, D.C. chapter uh, of the Society of Professional Journalists inducted her into its Hall of Fame. She is an incredible woman, but that's not all. She is the director, along with her husband, of the Prosperity Partners Ministry at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden under the leadership of John Jenkins Sr. And I must give full uh, accreditation. That's also my church, and he is my pastor and my friend. And she and her husband also serve in helping people in correction facilities, their finances. She has helped so many people, not only now with her uh, impact online to grow their finances. You know it. I got the one and only, the incredible and the fantastic Michelle Singletary is my guest today. Michelle Singletary, how are you, my sister? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me. It's quite an honor. Oh, you honor. I'm honored to have you, and I'm grateful to have you. Well, I gave him the thumbnail sketch of who you are, where you can't, you know, what you've done. You've done all these, we know all these awards, Hall of Famer. Give me the thumbnail sketch. Where do you know? Tell me a little more about where you came from and how you got to be this uh, celebrity in finance. 
<laughs> well, I don't think of myself a celebrity, but really the the path to where I am now really started with my grandmother. I give really all praise and honor to her. Um, she took me and my siblings in, five of us in total, uh, when I was four. My older sister was eight. I had a sister who was three and twin brothers just under two years old. So she took us in and she was just an amazing money manager. She was able to um, take care of us on a nursing assistant salary. Um, and she didn't take the welfare checks at all. Um, she took the health care, uh, but not the money. Mm. And she was able to raise all of us. And, you know, there was enough food, maybe not enough for um, seconds, but we certainly were, you know, fed and didn't have a lot of clothes. I mean, three girls shared one tiny little closet. So that can tell you how much we had. But yet she just showed me how important it was to manage whatever money you have. And just hands down, she has been the best money manager I've ever known. And I use the principles that she taught me to then expand and write to my audience for the Washington Post. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I get this personal finance column for the Post. I now have four financial personal finance books that have done really well. But really, the source of it is my my grandmother, who was born in the South and just could manage money. If she held a penny, Lincoln would scream. That's how tight <laughs> she was. Um, so she, she was she was just masterful. Uh, she just taught me basic principles that really guide can guide anybody, no matter what color of their skin, no matter how much money they make or how little money they make. You follow her principles and you will prosper. Well, you have done that with Prosperity Partners at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. And so many of the people have talked about how you help them get out of debt, how you help them to create a, a plan and a wealth building strategy mm -hmm. that was long term. Well, you uh, went on from uh, growing up with your grandmother to go on to the University of Maryland, I believe. And then you went on to get your master's and then you started uh, writing for the Washington Post and you became a hit. And one of the things that makes you a hit is, you know, nonsense. OK, you just know <laughs> nonsense. You don't beat around the bush. You just tell it like it is and you don't pull any punches. And that's one of the things that I think always in, uh, encourages or inspires me when I listen to you is that you you just tell them like it is and you don't pull no punches. You don't, you don't, and political correctness is not part of your plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in a sense of that, I don't go with what the world tells you about how you handle your money. You know, um, I'm really tough, but I think I like to bring a lot of grace to, to my teaching. So people are scared of me. This is true. Yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is, if you take my classes and you read my books, you'll see that what I'm really trying to say is, I'm trying to fight through all the stuff that you tell yourself that you're okay. Um, and let's, and I try to get people to be really, truly real. For example, when, when my husband and I, or I sit down with people's budgets, people will swear up and down. They have no money to save that they, you know, they got to live paycheck to paycheck. But then when I look at their budgets, there is room because they just been lying to themselves mm. and they just, you know, they got to have this and they got to have that. And, oh, I really don't spend that much on that. And when in fact that you actually do spend that. 
And so I really try to cut through a lot of the the uh, <laughs> the bull, really. That's right. That's <laughs> and try right. to get people to really face the truth. And and the truth of the matter is, no matter what you do for a living, so many people have trouble with their money. You could be a you know neuroscientist um, making three hundred thousand dollars a year and be just as broke or or poorer than someone making twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year. Um, just because you don't know how to handle the money and you feel like you got to live like a neuroscientist, which means you're still going to be broke. Right, right. It's like the commercial on television where the guy's riding a lawnmower and he says, right. I've, got, I've, got the, I've got the country club, I've got the big house in the suburbs, I've got the nice car, and I got debt up to my eyeballs and I don't know what to do. And that's exactly what many people, and you did something at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden some years ago. You went and uh, the pastor gave you the, the, the pulpit and, he, and we talked about credit card debt and you said, how many of you have credit card debt? And I think you came up with some amazing statistic. Yeah. It was millions and millions of yeah. dollars of debt that people had racked up trying to live uh, up to the Joneses. Am I right? No, this is right. We, yeah, we did. We passed our index cards and we asked people to list their debts. And it was not the mortgage debt. And it was over $40 million. And that was among an audience of about 50, maybe it's about 1,800 people. Mm. So it was student loan debt, credit card debt, personal loans, loans against retirement plans, not mortgage debt. And it was mm. astounding the amount of debt in that I consider a fairly small audience. Right. Um, and people, they just, they compartmentalize the debt as if there's a powerful good debt and there's a powerful bad debt. When in fact, it's just all debt. It's all mm. obligations. It's all things that limit your choices. Um, it's things that limit your ability to handle a financial crisis. You know, my, my fourth book is called um, What to Do With Your Money When Crisis Hits, A Survival Guide. And the whole point of that book is that it's not a matter of if there's going to be another financial crisis, but when. Right. So once they start having it, then they forget it and they go right back to those bad habits of um, overspending. The hardest time I have to get people to save and get rid of debt is actually when they're prospering. Wow. Okay, folks, I want to make sure you uh, understand she has a new book. And I want to make sure I go in here because this is what is exciting. This new book is called What to Do With Your Money When Crisis Hits. A, a survival guide. And in here, you talk about the fact we're, we're in a life where every decade just about, and I've said this to my clients, I've said this to people often over the last few uh, months through this uh, time of crisis and challenge, that if you keep living, you're going to see some more crisis. Just keep living. Yeah. And if you lived long enough, I, I, you detail it in the book, one crisis after another crisis that we've seen those who've been around a while. So yeah, so people remember the big things, the Great Recession, um, the Depression, uh, you know, the dot-com bust, bus. they remember the big things, but in between all of those are economic downturns. And usually they last between um, six months to a year. Um, the Great Recession, it was about 18 months. So people remember, um, don't remember the things in between where it can be just as um, harmful to people. They lose their jobs or the stock market isn't doing well. Um, and so just I want to remind people that even if you're doing well, you know, 
there could be a crisis that hits you and and you're not doing so well. Right. And it's during those times when you have the money that you need to put it aside. You need to get rid of your debt. And how to do it. Well, look, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. We're going to talk about how to handle the crisis and how to grow your wealth in spite of it with my special guest, Michelle Singletary, syndicated columnist. And we'll be right back. And you for sure, for sure, for sure. Stay tuned because your best is yet to come. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why some people can make a million dollars, lose it, make a second million, lose that, then make a third million, while other people can't even make ends meet? Well, the reason is that those people know the recipe for success. And that recipe is available to everyone if you will do what they did. They made a habit of getting positive, motivational resources of great thinkers and great learners. And I want to offer those same kind of resources to you. We've developed a free page on my website. It's wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift. On that site, we've got resources, books, audios to help you to grow and they're free. So go to wjspeaks.com slash gift, wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of those resources and then share that page with your friends and your family members. We want to impact and inspire millions of people. And remember, if you enjoy this message on this podcast, like it, share it and Post a review about it and make a difference in the lives of others by letting them know about it. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And we're back. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly and the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And I want to greet all of you and I want to encourage everybody to do a couple things. One, I want you to make sure, make sure, make sure you visit my website, winwithwilly.com. There are lots of websites on this one website. It's one big page with seven, eight websites. My marriage site, Jolly Marriage, is my faith site, is my youth motivation site, is my music site, it's my um, book site, all of my sites on this page. Go there and then you can sign up for my newsletter. And every day, Monday through Friday, I send a one minute motivational message by video out to everyone around the world who, are, who signs up for the newsletter. And it will inspire you, encourage you, uplift you, empower you, and help you to do more, be more, 
and achieve more. Well, I got my special guest, the one and only Michelle Singletary, and she is the host of uh, the, uh, well, not the host, she's the well, I like to say host of the column because she now has taken it online. Haven't you taken it online now? Well, it's um, the column. The Washington Post column runs twice a week um, on Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, and then I have a weekly personal finance and retirement newsletter. Uh, and then every uh, every once in a while, I do an online uh, chat that is based on some of the issues that I've covered in the column. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, obviously like everybody else, you can definitely reach me online at tw on Twitter at Singletary M, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the other places. Although Twitter is the place where I hang out the most. You hang out at Twitter. Okay. And yeah. what's that, uh, what's your Twitter ad, uh, um, at, at Singletary M at Singletary M. Well, I know that she has been a popular online personality because people want to know you know how she thinks and how to get out of debt and how to get out of uh financial distress well uh you've made some tremendous impact in this book and again the book is called what to do with your money when crisis hits a survival guide and let me tell you a few of the people who are on the book on the back uh rick edelman who's been on this show a number of times says if you're one of the tens of millions of Americans who are struggling financially, or if you're faced with helping others who are struggling, you need to read this book. And then Gene uh, Katchatsky, Michelle Singletary is a voice of financial reason and calm throughout the pandemic. And one after another, people who have said, this is a fantastic book, which it is. Uh, I want to, I just wanted to go to one of the pages that I had to, had to uh, kind of put a, a note here. And she talked about budgeting. And I love the way she said that I've tried all kinds of diets and diets are something that can happen to everybody. And a budget is basically doing a diet for your finances and keeping account of your finances. They won't work unless your brain is involved. Am I right about it? That's right. Yeah. So one of the questions that people are always asking me if I'm on a speaking engagement is what budget app should I use or what's the most popular or what's the most useful? And I just, they, they're always shocked when I say, I don't know, pen and paper, you know, <laughs> uh, junk mail. And they're just like, what are you, what about mint.com and all these places? Now there's a, there are a lot of great apps out there, but to me, they're the same as an exercise bike. So mm. if you've ever had an exercise bike or treadmill, right? Mm. Um, great tools to help you lose weight. But for many people, what does it end up being? A place where you hang your clothes. Right. And right. so even though you could have the, the, the most expensive treadmill and it just becomes a clothes hanger. So it's not the treadmill itself that helps you lose weight. It's that you have motivated yourself to the point where that you use that tool to um, lose weight. So the tool that is most useful, the app that's most useful is really just your brain power. It's your motivation from yourself to say, I'm tired of being broke. I want to build wealth for myself and my family. I want to leave a financial legacy. That is where you begin to be prosperous. It's not, don't spend, you know, $1,500, $2,000, dollars for a bike thinking that alone is going to help you be um, a better, you know, get in shape. Same thing with an app. It's not the app. It's not the, you know, software or Excel. It is that you decided I need to do something and this is going to help me. And so that's why I say, 
it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I actually use a little dollar notepad and write down stuff <laughs> and figure out the things that I want to do. Um, my husband does our family budget on Excel. Um, but I, you know, it's a lot of lines and numbers. <laughs> I just like <laughs> to be pretty simple. And my grandmother budgeted on the back of junk mail. Mm. And she was a better budgeter than people I know that have PhDs. Mm. Uh, and she just put pen to pencil, paper to pencil, paper to pen to paper. And she just figured out how much was coming in. What were all the bills? She always saved first before she paid anybody. Uh, and then what was left, she allocated to do all the other different things. And the other thing that she did was my grandmother never apologized for what she couldn't give us. And what I, I bring that up because the legacy she left me was to be okay where I am financially, wherever that might be. And so even though, she, you know, we were like, can we get these shoes and everybody has this and a lot of parents and people like, oh God, I wish I had more and I'm so sorry. She's like, I'm not going to apologize. I snatched you out of foster care. You get, you know, you have three meals. It may not be a whole lot of food, but it's just enough that you don't go hungry. Yeah, you might only have two or three dresses and two or pair of shoes, but that's all you need. You only got one pair of feet. And so she <laughs> never, ever said, I'm sorry, I couldn't give you more. And that to me is one of the biggest, most important legacies she left me. Because even as I do better in life financially, I don't have this, this thirst to have more. I'm always pretty much satisfied wherever I am. And whatever resources God has given me, I'm okay at that point in life. Uh, and I learned that from my grandmother. And it, it's a really good lesson because the more you make, the more you elevate your lifestyle. And a lot of times you elevate it to the point where if anything happened, that paycheck stop or you get disabled, you can't keep up that lifestyle that you pushed yourself up against. And so I, you know, I just, I'm so grateful for that lesson that she taught me that as a child, I wasn't happy. I'm rolling my eyes and fussing and cussing under my breath, but I'm, boy, am I glad she taught me that. Well, let's go with that because that's one of the questions I want to ask. What, what is your formula for making good financial decisions? Need versus want and decide with your head, not your heart. And then consider all the alternatives and consider the costs and get unbiased advice. That's one of the things you write about in the book. Talk a little bit about that. So in the book, I have a section about making good financial decisions because for the most part, very few people actually have a guideline or rules to make good financial decisions. You either, you know, ask somebody or you just go with your feelings, you know, I'm tired of this car or, you know, you want to just buy stuff. And so when we teach in our ministry, we teach you a uh, six step to better financial decisions. And the first one is, is it a need or is it one? No, actually the first step is define the decision because mm. oftentimes you make financial moves and you don't even know if that's really what you want to do. So say for example, um, you might say, okay, I want to buy a new car. But is that really the decision that you need or is it that you have a car that has needs a lot of repairs 
and you just don't want to have to keep having it break down on you. So that's actually the decision. So if you define that, so then it could be that it's not that you need a new car. You need to make sure maybe you need to find a really good mechanic. Maybe mm. you can't afford a new car or maybe you need to figure out or, or perhaps you haven't taken care of the car that you have so that you haven't been doing the regular maintenance. So you got to define what the, the decision is. Like I asked this one woman, she wanted to get a new house. So I was like, well, why do you want to get a new house? Because she thought that's the decision that her and her husband had to make. Mm -hmm. And so after a while, after asking her a bunch of questions, it turned out that she wanted a new house where they were already struggling in the house. They had a bigger house because she wanted more room for her clothes and her shoes. Wow. That's just insane. Like, so really her financial decision was to get a new house so she could have more space for her stuff. Right. So, but it wasn't a time ask a bunch of questions. Now, once we define what the decision is, then you ask yourself, is it a need or is it a want? Because most of the things we want are wants. Right. Unnecessarily needs. And then you have to access all the alternatives. What are, so if, if you can't afford a new car, can you get a used car? Or can you find a good mechanic and keep that hoopty on the road until you can afford even a used car? Right. So it's not until really step four, that you even ask, can I afford this? Mm. Because if you already go through those other three and the alternatives and the decision, you might not even get to that one because you don't even need a new car. Wow. Um, um, and then you seek good counsel. You can use unbiased advice, consumer reports. You you do research, check the Washington Post, see what people say about whatever it is that you want to get. Um, and then if you, we teach secular and Christian. So if you're Christian and say, pray, seek right. your counsel. And if you don't believe in that, then it's just like, okay, just pause, pause for a moment, make sure this is what you want to do and then go ahead and make the decision. You know, I am, I am grateful. I had a book some years ago that came out called turn setbacks into greenbacks. Mm -hmm. And you wrote, you wrote about that book on your column. And one of the things I talk about in that book, and, that, and the difference between your book is you give, well, let me, it's the difference between my book and your book. I give the attitudinal changes right. that you must do. You give the step-by-step -step what are the in-depth uh, in uh, techniques and tactics. But one of the steps I said, don't panic. Don't panic. Mm -hmm. right. Whatever you do, don't panic. Because when you panic, you cut off the air to your brain. You cannot make good decisions. When you cannot make good decisions, you end up making poor decisions. 1929, there was a stock market crash. People panicked. Some jumped off of bridges, blew out their brains, not realizing the market would come back bigger and better than ever. Do not panic. Right. Stop, breathe, think through this because you have more options than you think you have That's if right. you would just stop and think. And so I love that. And I love the fact that you tell people you got to just make some wise financial decisions. And then you talk about run the numbers over and over. You talk about run the numbers. We're going to take a quick break. When we're going to come back, she's going to talk about how you can first find out how to get this book. We want everybody. In fact, I'm going to tell you what I recommend about the book and how I want you to get multiple copies, but also where you can get the book, where you can get in touch with her and how you can transform your finances. So you're out of debt and you're on your way to wealth building. Remember, you can, if you think you can, this is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show. We'll be right back after this quick break for station identification.
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his Note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and thought it to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life. Or a setback is a setup for a comeback. Or turn setbacks into greenbacks. Or chicken soup for the soul. Or an attitude of excellence. Or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. And now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store. Get some of the audios, the videos the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willa Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show. And I am grateful for all of you who are sharing and tearing and telling and excited about what we are giving you. And I'm grateful. And then I'm also grateful for our friends at Truist. We've, we've been sponsored by Truist, the bank that's here for better. BB&T and SunTrust merged to form Truist with a shared purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities. Let me give you just one example of what that means. Truist has come up with something called the Truist Community Benefit plan. They've earmarked $60 billion, that's billion with a B, to invest in affordable housing, nonprofit support, and small business growth over the next three years. So you can see that while Truist are committed to a better banking experience for you, they're just as committed to giving back to the community and creating meaningful change for all folks who are striving to achieve more. I hope you'll check them out at Truist.com. Let me spell that for you. It's T-R-U-I-S-T.com. Truist Financial. Member FDIC. Folks, before we go any further, I want you to do something with this book. I read this book. My wife read it first. My wife is my, uh, she she's my financial guru, okay? Uh, she does all the financial planning and uh, so forth in our household because she's brilliant. And so uh, she read it first. She said, really good book. And then I read it and she had highlighted all sorts of things throughout the book and written notes for me. And then I read it and wrote more notes because there were some that were just tactical and some that was mental, that was psychological. And y'all know I'm into attitude and the thinking that it takes to create success in your life. Well, it was so fantastic. I realized that everybody should get two copies of this book. You should get two copies. 
you get two copies, one for you, one for your spouse or your significant other. So y'all can read each piece part by part and discuss it, okay? Discuss it. That's what we did with our marriage book. We wrote it and tell people to get two copies so that you can have learning lessons that she has throughout the book. And then once you finish reading the book, here's what I want you to do. You two of you write, read the book, get two copies. Then I want you to take one of those copies, put them on your bookshelf because you're going to pull that book off because another crisis is down the road. I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. And then give one to somebody in your family or somebody in your uh, community who is struggling with their finance. You know that people have all of these facades. They look like they're doing good. They got the biggest car. They got the nice house. They got the fence closed. They broke as, I mean, they just broke, busted, disgusted, but they looking good. It's, it's amazing. So just bless somebody with that second copy of the book. You will be glad, they will be glad, and your community and your family will be blessed by it. So Michelle, uh, where can they get the book and where can they reach you? So the book is available in all the major places that you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, I certainly encourage you to get the order the book through your independent booksellers, uh, black booksellers. Um, our church has copies, the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, FBCG, glenarden.org. You can go and order it online. So pretty much anywhere you go get a book, you can find the book. And, we're, and, and let's say somebody wants to have you come and speak or do a virtual event with you and have you speak to their church, to their financial group, to their money club. Where can they reach you to do that? Yeah. So I have a website, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a website, michellesingletary.com. If you go on there, I am represented by a speakers bureau. So you just click that link and, and contact them and they'll uh, work out the details to see if I'm available to come speak. Um, I certainly encourage you to get a subscription to the Washington Post um, because my, most of my columns are behind the paywall. Um, but, uh, and the description is very, very affordable. Actually, you can spend less on a subscription to the post than you can going through the drive through at McDonald's. Absolutely. So a lot of people are just, you know, put off by the paywall, but I would ask, I would encourage you to, to still get a subscription because, you know, you get paid on your job. And so we got to get paid <laughs> on our job. And, um, and, and the good thing about the post and other, if it's not the post or other, uh, uh, newspapers, consumer reports is something we have a subscription to that is that because you know that this information has been vetted, that it's non-biased, that it's going to be straight to the point, uh, and it's information that you can trust. Yeah. Well, I've got it on my iPad, and so uh, I've had it on my iPad, the Washington Post, for years, mm -hmm. and I, when I was traveling a lot, and many people know that now I'm doing most of my events and my programs online, uh, because of the pandemic. And I'm good yeah. with that. Okay. I'm really good yeah. with that because that traveling was beating me up and then go and call her. She has, uh, uh, we've done some events together. We did one down in ocean city one time. Uh, we were on the same program. Boy, she is fantastic on stage. She's just fantastic. So if you have an event and you need her expertise, it's a great investment to bring Michelle Singletary in to speak for your group. Well, let's talk about a little more about uh, run the numbers. I, I started with that. Run the numbers before you make a financial decision is a common theme of your book. Explain what that means and how do you do it? So people want to skip this, this step. Um, when I say run the numbers, before you do anything with your money, make sure that the numbers add up. Like for example, right now, 
and maybe you'll listen to this later sometime on an archive, you know, it's September, 2021. And so mortgage rates have been very low for a very long time because the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates low. So you can get a mortgage anywhere from two to 3% if you got really, really good credit. And so people are like, I, I should just refinance. I should refinance. And I say, well, hold up. Just because your rate is a little higher doesn't necessarily mean you should refinance. Like maybe you've got a rate of 3.5 and you're thinking, I've got to get that 3.5. But if you're 10 years into your mortgage or 15 years into a 30-year mortgage, you're going to reset that clock, hmm. which means all of that front interest, that because they front load the interest, you got to pay all over again. So if you ran the numbers, you'd find out that a refinance doesn't make sense for you. Wow. Um, and so you just can't just listen to that. For example, people were saying, oh, you got to buy a house now because interest rates are low. Well, if you run the numbers, you may find that you can't afford to buy a house. You know, real estate taxes and, and, ins- and, re- and insurance. And so when you run the numbers, for many people, it's not time for them to buy a house yet. They don't have the cushion that they need. Um, and run the numbers means like when we bought our house, the, the lender said we could afford a lot more house than we bought. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's true if we don't eat and I don't buy no clothes <laughs> for too many years because they look at your gross income and they right. do look at your debt, but they don't look at your expenses. Mm. Um, and say so you're taking care of your elderly parents or you're trying to send a kid to college. They don't factor all of that in. So on paper, it may appear that you could afford a house, but not when you add back all the expenses and the way you spend your money. So when you run the number one, so when we bought our first house as a couple, my husband and I, we ran our own numbers. The bank ran and said, you could afford this. We are like, okay, no, because I was taking care of my disabled brother. We, mm. wanted, we, we didn't have children, but we knew that we wanted to save to send them to college debt-free, which we did. We've sent all three of our children to college for debt-free, including graduate programs. And so, but we couldn't do that if we bought a house that the bank said that we could afford. So Mm. we factored in all of that retirement savings, saving for college. We added all that back to our own numbers. And we said, no, this is the house that we can afford because we ran our own numbers. Uh, Buying a car, running the numbers. You think, well, people always ask me this. Well, I have a big car repaired. It's gonna cost $1,200, but should I just buy a new car? And I said, well, how much does the new car cost? You know, $30,000. And I said, well, I'm not a math whiz, but (laughs) $30,000 seems a lot more than $1,200. And when you put it that way, they go, oh, yeah. So unless the car is just leaving you stranded, um, then, yeah, I get that you want to replace it and have something reliable. But if it's repairs that you can plan for, Almost all the time, it is more cost effective to fix the old car than to spend all the money for a new car. Yep, yep, yep. And and you know what? And and I look back and I was telling my wife, we were talking about this interview in preparation for it. And we said, you know what? Looking back, now we've been married for 36 years. And how many financial mistakes we made early in our life. Just, you know, buying a car... Uh, because we had a new baby, okay? We had a new baby, and we wanted a Volvo. We wanted a Volvo. And we went to see my father-in-law down at Hampton, and we told him, you know, 
we want a new car that's that's safe and sturdy. And he had the Volvo man come over to see us. He picked us up and took us to the dealership. And he talked about, and we see, he looked at our number and said, I can make it work. We got in this long loan. Okay. It was yeah. long, long yeah. for, for years. We were paying that loan off and we both said, you know, look at all the mistakes we've made, yeah. but thank God, thank God. We met somebody like a Michelle Singletary and we started doing some, research. We started learning about financial literacy and we started realizing we could learn some of these things. And that's what she's talking about. Run the numbers, look at the things you can do. You also talk about the difference between an emergency fund, having an emergency fund and a life happens fund. Cause there's going to be stuff that life happened. My friend, uh, Buster Soares, when he was on said, oh, yeah. you know, you should not be in, uh, you should not have a crisis when you have a flat tire. Oh, that right. shouldn't be a crisis. Okay. That's but many right. people that is talk about it, that. It really is. It is. And so I like to start off by saying that I'm a pot person, mm. not the kind of pot you thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Those who are listening like, Oh, is she talking about? No, that's not the pot I'm talking about. I like to have my money in different pots mm. because it creates a barrier. When you're cooking, you don't cook everything unless you cook in a stew in one pot you might have right. the cabbage in one pot you might have the pork chops in the frying pan you're not gonna cook the pork chops with the cabbage right so you, and it's a way to keep things separate and organized and so having an emergency fund you think of that as your dire fund that's if you lose your job or maybe you get sick and you have to take an extended time off that's the pot of money that you go to even you may perhaps your roof and you've got to fix that that's dire. The life happens fund is that everything, uh, things that happen in life, you know, life happens. You get a flat tire. Right. You need a car repair. Your kids, if you have kids, they're going to break something in your house. Right. You got a dog. He going to get sick, right. you know, but you don't want to, you don't want to tap your emergency fund for your sick dog. Although my husband did say, let the dog go out and eat some grass. <laughs> Trust me, y'all. I took him to the vet. <laughs> so, but you know, vet bill two, three hundred dollars for something he got into that we didn't know he got into. So you right. that's the life happens fund. I don't want to lots of people when you ask them, they'll say they have an emergency fund, but it really is a slush fund because mm. money slushes in, money money slushes out. And the problem with that is that something happens, pandemic hits. Yes. And the money's gone because you fixed the dog or you fixed the tire, but you need that money to keep a roof over your head and food on the table. So you separate those out and the life happens fund can be and should be your slush fund. Money is going to come in and out of that. When you use the money, then you fill it back up. Then when you need it again, you pull it out. Once you hit the target for your emergency fund, you set that aside. You never touch it. That's over there. The Life Happens Fund is a living, breathing fund that you pull money in and out of, and it keeps you from making bad decisions. Mm, uh, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Wow, I love this. Michelle Singletary. And for sure, folks, your best is yet to come. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me. When you need me. You can call on me. Call me. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can call And call me.
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back with Michelle Singletary, uh, syndicated columnist of Color of Money. Uh, Michelle, you were talking about life happens and a life uh, and a slush fund and the fact you got to be wise and understand. Finish that thought, please. Yeah. So I was talking about having different pots. So I probably for my I have a pot for our emergency fund. Um, th- that's a diaphragm, a pot for life happens. Your car breaks down. Um, your dog gets sick. That's money that comes and goes. And then we have a pot for our retirement. We have a pot for when the ki- we were saving for the kids to go um, to college. And so now that all of our kids, um, my son just graduated with a, as a math major. So he's done. The only child we have left in college, we had saved for her to go, but she won a scholarship for the last three years of school. But we, you know, we had all that money. So we're done with them. So now we will take that money and build up either our life happens fund or invest it for other things that we want to do. Um, And because we keep our cars for a very long time, you know, 15, 16, 20 years, (laughs) by by the time we need a new car, 
we have the cash for it. We just pull it out of our life happens fund. Um, mm -hmm. You can put vacation money in the life happens fund. Just separate them out and that'll help you compartmentalize what the need is for different parts of your money. And so we don't have any discretionary income because my grandmother used to say every penny ought to have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Every every penny we earn, every dollar we earn goes into a particular pot and it has a reason for being there. Wow. Every penny has a purpose. Woo -hoo -hoo. Now, you, uh, you, you talk about your children and uh, you talk about how you encourage people to bring your children back home for a reason, though. There's a reason. Give me a strategy. Oh, my gosh. So we you know, this is this this common uh, notion that when children turn 18 or they graduate to college, that you got to kick them out because they need to learn how to live on their own and be responsible. Um, but just think about what it costs to be a young adult, particularly if they have student loan debt. And so I encourage parents, if it's able, now it could, it may be that it's not possible. Your kid's in a different state, or maybe you don't have, you downsize, and you don't have the room, but most of the time you do. Encourage them to come home and live there. And I'm not talking about a couple of years. I'm talking about five, six, seven years. Now I know people are just like, what? But I showed our daughter, my husband, I showed her the numbers. Mm. And if she saved her almost her entire paycheck, because we don't charge her rent, she doesn't have to pay for food or electricity. So if let's say she's earning $60,000 a year, she's not earning that right now. But let's say in another year or two, she will be. So she's making 60. Take out for taxes, um, some personal expenses. So at the end of the day, she might have about $45,000, $50,000. Um, to be able to save uh, 45, 50, maybe a little bit like um, to save for a house. If she did that for seven years, she could pay cash for her house. Yep. So by the time she's in her 30s, early 30s, she will have a paid for house. That's a financial game changer. So that's a game 30s, changer. Her 40s, her 50s, her 60s, she will not have rent or mortgage payment. Wow. That's, that's, that's huge. It's that's huge. huge. And folks, I'm telling you, I must say that that was one of the things my grandmother, who was a sturdy saver, taught me about saving. She was an entrepreneur, said, save your money, buy a house. So when my wife and I got married, we lived in my mama's attic. Many people yeah. read our book, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. I encourage people to go to Jolly Marriage and get a free chapter. But we lived in my mama's attic. For a year, I told her, if you live in my mama's attic for a year, I'll buy your house. And we saved every penny. We scraped and worked hard. And we put that down payment on the house, moved into the house we in now. We renovated a few times. And mm -hmm. uh, we've grown the house. We make it our business and our home. But it's all because we had that year of saving our money, living in mama's attic without a bathroom up there. We had to go down this flight. That's right. Attic, basement. And if yep. you stretch that out even longer, for as long as you can, you know what? You'd be in such much better shape. So I, you know, so stop telling young adults they got to be out there on their own. And the thing is, we watch how she's spending. We yep. know, we make sure she's accountable so she's not wasting her money. Um, and it just, it will make a huge difference in her life. I, I mean, you, you, there's so many things you've said over the years of such as, don't cosign. Oh my God. When yeah. you say don't cosign, don't what I don't care who they are. 
Do not cosign. Do not. And you got to tell people, no, you got to learn to say that. Well, we could get it. I want to get to the Yagatas because I got to get to the Yagatas. Sure. For every show I talk about the Yagatas. So if I, uh, if we would, one day we live in the same area. So we would meet somewhere, maybe Howard or Georgetown or GW or Maryland U. And we go into a business class and the students want to be successful. Tell them some Yagatas. If you're going to be successful, you're going to be financially secure. Here's some you got us. You got to do this. So number one, whether you want to work for someone or start your own business or have multiple streams of income, you need to learn to manage your own money first. Mm. Um, many successful business people had a great idea. The business did okay. And they turned over the operation to the business because they didn't really understand the financial stuff and they lost their business. Mm. Uh, Famous Amos Cookies is one of the biggest examples that we got. I mean, I have a master's degree in business and that was a case study. Here's this guy built an amazing company, great cookie recipe. He doesn't even own it anymore because he didn't, he couldn't, he tells you himself, he didn't, I didn't really understand the money. You got to understand the money on a personal level or on a business level. Make sure before you try to be a business owner and responsible for other people's income that you know how to handle your, your money. You got to have a plan. Um, it's not enough to dream. You got to put some action behind that. And that actually means writing things down. If you want to start a business, coming up with a business plan, have a personal budget and a personal financial plan that involves budgeting, saving, getting rid of debt if you have any debt and building a retirement and non-retirement investing as well. And then finally, run the numbers. Every financial decision before you make it, you need to find out by running the numbers if it makes sense for you. Don't listen to what everybody say you should refinance now. That's not, may not be appropriate for everyone. And all you're going to do is end up giving the bank more money thinking that you're actually going to save money when in fact, it's going to cost you more to refinance. So always run your own numbers before you make a financial decision. You know, that is so, so profound because uh, I had to I had to sit down with my wife when, when the interest rates got low. And I said, no, what should we do here? We ran the numbers. It doesn't make sense to do this. It's not a good deal. So folks, I'm telling you, do these things and they will have a profound impact. And, and, And she said it already. If you can start saving money for your car, we bought our cars, cash. Just buy them cash. And I know some of you know, sounds elite. That's not elite. Okay. That's not elitist. That is not elitist. What it is, is we saved money. Right. When we finished buying, paying off the car, and I told you about that long car note, we took that money every month that That's we were paying right. for the car note and put it away for the next car. So that when that car came, we could pay cash. Boom. Okay. I'll tell you one other thing I did, uh, Michelle, is I invested uh, some money into a stock and I took a haircut, which means I took some of the money off the table and uh, my profit, and I bought a car with that. Right. Okay, that, yeah. And it was money that had been generated through the stock. So mm-hmm. I'm encouraging people to read this book. It is incredible. There are some powerful tips. What to do with your money when crisis hits. And 
when I looked at the book and then I thought about my book, Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks, one talks about the psychological. Don't panic. Don't willingly participate. Don't let your pride poison your prosperity. Don't stop thinking about the power and possibilities of tomorrow. Uh, be proactive. Be creative. And then be prayerful. Now, those are my seven points out of turn setbacks into greenbacks and, and, and making money out of tough economic times. What she did with this book is go deeper. She did the deeper dive. After you got your brain right, then in your attitude right, here's what you do. And one last thing, you talked about Social Security. Yeah. And you got to prepare that it ain't going to always be here. Am I right about it? It will. It, Social Security is in trouble. Um, by 2034, the Social Security retirement will only be able to pay about 78% um, uh, or so of benefits. So you have to prepare yourself for that. You, there may be a benefit cut. Now, I believe that Congress will eventually act, but you have to know that you can't necessarily live off of just Social Security. It was never intended for that. It was intended to replace part of of the money that you need for retirement. So you count it as part of your financial picture, but understand that who knows what's gonna happen with it down the road. You may get a benefit, but it may not be as large as you think, or they may keep pushing the um, full retirement age up. Right now, it's like almost 67. It might be pushed up to 70 before you get to your full retirement age. Um, so just count it, make sure you understand what you're gonna get. You should go to Social Security Administration, download your Social Security uh, uh, estimates statement because they no longer mail it to you. And then when you do your financial plan, you put that in there. But the other three, other two parts of that is social security, your own personal savings. And hopefully if you have a pension, but if you don't, then you got to double up on that other part of, in terms of your personal savings. Where can they get the book, Michelle? So you can buy the book anywhere, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookstores, uh, our bookstore at First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. You just type in the title and it'll show you all kinds of options to, to buy the book, what to, to do with your money when crisis hit a survival guide. And your website? Uh, MichelleSingletary.com. Or um, you can go to WashingtonPost.com and type in my name and you'll see all the work that I do with my columns for the Post. I can't thank you enough for being with us. You are awesome. Thank Folks, you. again, my friend Michelle Singletary, the incredible and brilliant. Uh, she's just a powerful lady. And I'm again thanking my friends at Truist Financial for partnering with us. BB&T and SunTrust merged to form Truist with a shared purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities. Check out how they're unleashing potential at truest.com. Let me spell that for you. It's T-R-U-I-S-T.com. I want to encourage everybody to go to winwithwilly.com. And then I'm encouraging you to join me on Monday nights, 9 o'clock, for uh, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, the broadcast where my wife and I do a half hour every Monday night on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn. You can get it on LinkedIn Live at Willie Jolly LinkedIn, and you will hear us talk about relationships and how to improve and enhance your relationship and your marriage. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. I want to thank you for listening today. And remember, for sure, for sure, for sure, your best is yet to come. God bless you.
enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value and I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire, willyjolly.com slash billionaire, or wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.